Father, we would ask for your insight, your wisdom as to what this word would be for us today. That we would simply not peruse over the pages or the sentences or the words and not give them much thought. We pray that you would give us understanding as we go through here what our responsibility is to be aware, to listen. In Jesus' name, amen. So verse 1 says, but mark this. He could have said, now listen or pay attention. There's something here that he wants us to understand. He goes on to say, but there will be terrible times in the last days. So it's mark this, last days, terrible times. And from our understanding of the whole scope of Scripture, it's worldwide. It isn't something that's limited to the area of Israel. Now, to give it some context here before we go on, he's, he's following through with a thought, making a comparison here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 through 26. If you back up just a little bit, he says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead... He must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. But mark this. So it's a continuation, even though we have these chapter and verse distinctions. There is no distinction when he was writing it. He says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last day. Another way of saying it is stop and ponder this or take note of this or consider what is being spoken here. And so as Paul is making this comparison here, he talks about pursuing good things, keep a pure heart, don't quarrel. There are those who will oppose you and your message. Hopefully they will repent, but mark this, take note of this. It is going to get bad. He says terrible times will be with us in the last days. The only other time this word terrible is used in the New Testament is in Matthew chapter 8, verse 28, when Jesus comes across the two demoniacs, the Gadarenes, those two that Jesus met. Nobody could pass that way because these guys were so fierce. They would pummel, beat up the people, maybe even kill them that would walk by. And he said, that's what the times of this particular word is used. That's what it's going to be like in the last days. That if you were to pass somewhere, it is going to be bad for you if you're going through these times. Now, this times that is used here is not a calendar date or specific hour, but it's a season or an epoch. It's a, it's a period of time. Now, when exactly? It's the last days. Now, when are the last days? This is a, for some, it's a nebulous phrase. It doesn't really have a lot of definition. You can't really understand if you first come across it. You go, last days? Well, that must be a future event, or is it a future event? Well, the last days, what are they? When do they begin? When do they end? And do I need personally to be watchful concerning these last days? Because they're going to be terrible times, just like encountering the demoniacs. Well, I'm going to answer the last question first. Do I personally need to be watchful concerning these last days? Well, I'll let Jesus answer this. Matthew 24, verse 4. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. Matthew 24, 42. 
Therefore keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. Matthew twenty five thirteen. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Mark thirteen thirty seven. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So the question is, do you think Jesus wants us to watch? The answer, obviously, is yes. It's a rhetorical question. It is implied in these statements that Jesus uh, would have us be looking for something that is approaching. Now, this would be, for instance, when it was raining last week, did you go outside and look? Did did you see the lightning that was out there? Did you go, oh, I bet there's going to be some lightning right there that's going to come. And sure enough, I I was driving up Lake Jennings and I was waiting for the lightning because I just saw it and I was not disappointed. It went right across the sky. It was a wonderful sight to see. And then the pounding that was coming over, it was great. So he tells us, open your eyes, look in the direction of whatever is taking place and watch. And so that's what we're supposed to be doing now. This last days, I believe that changes are coming, changes that are going to be terrible. And they're referred to in the scripture here, we know, but and they're going to be relatively sudden, but they're not going to be instant. And this is crucial to keep this in mind, relatively sudden, but not instant. For instance, how old is the iPhone? Do you guys know? About 14, 15 years. I think it was January 2007 that it came out. So if that's the case, I think it's going to be 15 years this next January when it comes out. How has our world changed since the iPhone and since the computer? Dramatically. It has dramatically changed. And people want it to change. And when Obama was president, he gave out phones to people so that their life would change. There was money directed from the government to pour into hands of private companies to get cell phones into the hands of every single person. Wherever I've traveled around the world, people have cell phones. I I don't care how poor the country is, people have cell phones. So Jesus, I believe he wants us to be paying attention and recognize if we're in the last days. Now, how would we know this exactly? Well, from Scripture... And I'm just going to give you this outline here. There is the last days and then there is the day of the Lord. There's two different things here that are talked about in Scripture. The last days began either when Jesus resurrected or at the day of Pentecost. That's the beginning of the last days. Now, when they will end, and I'm open to uh, discussion on this, but it would appear they end at the great white throne judgment. That's the whole period of the last days. But the day of the Lord would be the section of the seven-year tribulation period in there. That's the time of Jacob's trouble. That's the time that's going to come upon the whole earth. So the last days are distinct from the day of the Lord. We are in the last days. Now, how far away are we from the day of the Lord? Well, it seems if you are watching, they're approaching. Sometimes I get up early and I look towards the east and I can tell if the sun is on the horizon or not. You you see the glow and then you'll see if there are clouds, you see the red underneath the clouds that starts coming up. But you don't see the sun yet. You know it's coming. If I had to give an estimation of where we are, I would say, well, the light is there 
maybe the redness on the clouds is there as far as the day of the Lord is concerned. But it's definitely in the distance. It's in view, so to speak, but it's not immediately available for eyesight. So it's, it's in that direction it, with <clears throat> everything that is going on. And the reason I believe the last days began when Jesus resurrected or at the date of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above <clears throat> and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. And the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming and great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we know it had a beginning back when the Spirit was poured upon people and they would prophesy. And we know that it goes towards the beginning of the day of the Lord. Now, why would I say that it goes on to the great white throne judgment? Well, first, this question was asked of me in the youth group this last week. Like, when is the day of the Lord? Is this a specific day? Or is it something that is over a period of time they didn't know? And we started out in the discussion with the resurrection. You know, there are two resurrections. There's the first one, and then there's the second resurrection. The first resurrection began with Jesus being resurrected. You know how the the Jews have the feast of ingathering. They take the first fruits and they offer them to God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, it says, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So with this resurrection, Jesus began it. He's the first fruits. <clears throat> and it comes in three parts. Then we have the rapture, and the dead in Christ will rise, and then those who remain alive will be raptured up to meet the Lord in the air. There's that section of people that get resurrected. And then Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, it says those people who have been beheaded for their faith during the tribulation period, they will also be resurrected to rule and reign with Christ. So it comes in three parts, the first resurrection. It is just not one single day. It's over a period of really thousands of years is when this is going to take place. The second resurrection is going to be one day. It's going to happen immediately, instantaneously, it's going to be at the destruction of the heavens and the earth, but it is going to be a single event in a single day. And so <clears throat> there is this first resurrection that we're told about. I, I just um, explained to you Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. It says, I saw thrones in which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast nor his image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or on their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. So that explains to us the first resurrection. Jesus is the first fruits, rapture's in the middle, and this is where the third part of the first resurrection takes place. Now when Jesus comes here in Revelation chapter 2 verse 26, it says, to him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations and he will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery. <clears throat> and some might say the last days 
or the day of the Lord ends at the beginning of the millennium. It could be, and I'm open to that idea, but I think it goes to the end because Jesus is ruling with an iron rod. That's why the last days are still in that confines, in that parenthetical thought. If he rules with an iron rod, it means he has all authority, not just a rod, but an iron rod. Now, if you go back to the book of Daniel, remember the image that was there, the head of gold, the the arms of silver, the chest of bronze, the legs of iron, two legs of iron. It's because the Roman Empire was brutal and they welded or wielded the sword, an iron sword that would just take out people. And Jesus is going to be the final authority when he is here. Now, why would he have to do that? It's because the earth is still going to be filled with people who oppose Christ. And he's going to say, nope, you're not doing it your way. You're doing it my way. And he will rule justly. It won't be something that will be so egregious. We just need to do what he asks us to do now for us. Believers, it won't be a problem. We're going to be in our glorified bodies. But the world, it's going to be a problem. If you follow the teaching on the millennium, at the end of the millennium, the world rebels again, comes against Christ, wants to kill him, wants to destroy him in Jerusalem, and he wipes it out, wipes all the people out and said, that's it, we're done, earth is destroyed, great white throne judgment takes place, everybody's resurrected. That's when it ends. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. We know that from the scripture. And because death is the last enemy, that's when the last days end and it becomes a new beginning as scripture calls it. So the last days begin either at the resurrection of Jesus Christ or Pentecost and goes all the way to the great white throne judgment. When it comes to the day of the Lord, that is the seven year people or seven year uh, period of tribulation. And who will it affect? What will it affect? <clears throat> this uh, these last days well it'll affect the people the planet and worldwide production or commerce that's what he's telling us when it says there will be terrible times in the last days these are the things that can be affected the things that can be shaken uh, first the people are going to be affected in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says woe to those who call evil good and good evil who put darkness for light and light for darkness who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter do you think this has taken place I'm telling you, it is. Uh, to give you some examples of this, you know, Timothy left a list of 20 things to watch for that would let us know uh, that we would be in the last days. And these are them in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. It says, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power. This is where somebody's claiming Christ but not really living for Christ. And it says, have nothing to do with him. So in the last days, this is what you are going to see. <clears throat> now, we have to look out on the horizon we say do we see something like this taking place do we see these characteristics in individuals that is beginning to permeate everywhere all you have to do is look back to 2019 2020 
even into 2021, just a little bit. But you had Occupy Wall Street, you had Antifa, you had Black Lives Matter. They were rioting. Very few of them were prosecuted. They were able to run roughshod over society. Buildings burning, even in La Mesa here, up at the Vaughns. There was a bank up there that was just completely torched because of Black Lives Matter. And then there was looting taking place. And I don't know how many prosecutions happened, but there are several prosecutions. Even a, a guy who just went up, shot up someplace, he was just released. It's like that we're not going to prosecute anybody of the black race because the blacks have been so persecuted and they don't deserve it and and critical race theory and all of that uh, is being perpetrated through our schools and through our media it's all there well what's going on like with our borders who's coming across the borders is it people that are loving and caring and coming across the border i think many of them just want to seek a better life and so they're just heading this way but you know there are evil people that are perpetrating this have you guys heard the numbers that are going to come across our southern border here this month? 400,000. They're right on the other side of the border, and they're coming this way. Do you know how many people are in San Diego? 1.5 million. It's like almost a third of the population of San Diego we're having new people come across, and they're beginning at Yuma. They switched where they were coming across, and they're coming across over in Yuma and maybe even towards San Diego. Where are they going to end up? Here. Who are these people? Well, we've come to find out that many of these Caribbean nations, uh, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Panama, they are taking the worst offenders in their prisons and sending them up here. And these countries are paying to bust them up here. Where are they getting the money? There are evil people that are paying for these transportation costs to get them up here. They're feeding them. They're giving them what they need to get them up to the border. Who is doing this? You know, when I, I hear something like this, I, I want to know who is behind it. Who are the people that are pulling the levers? I don't know about you, but do you think Joe Biden's pulling the levers? Well, he's the one that's writing the dictate. He's the one that's signing whatever the presidential executive order is. But I don't believe he's the one doing it. I think that there are other forces behind that and they're remaining hidden. And you can speculate as to who that might be. I've read articles on who that might be and who's in control. And But these evil people are coming up here. They are murderers. They are thieves. Now, not all of them are like that. But the people who are bringing them across, the cartels, I've heard even in Texas, read some things that in Texas, Governor Abbott, uh, he brought a bunch of state uh, official vehicles down there and put them at a crossing at the Rio Grande River to kind of stop the flow for a little bit. But then I also heard... They're bringing the pe- they're just accepting the people from the cartels, bringing them across and busing them into Texas. They want to change the makeup of Texas, and politically speaking, from red to blue. Right now, it's purple in several counties, which will lead to different voting statistics and outcomes, which will lead to critical race theory, which will read, lead to higher taxes, which will lead to the National Education Association getting their fingers into everything over there. And so they're trying to change the state, not for the better, but for 
the worse. It's not for the good, but it is going to be bad. And so we know that there are things on the horizon. The the whole culture of the United States, there is a move to change the culture. Now, how will we establish? We were established by people who believed in God. Now, some were theists, admittedly so. Thomas Jefferson, I believe Benjamin Franklin also was a deist. But if you look at the majority of those who signed the Declaration of Independence, they believed in Jesus Christ as Savior. And there's a move to wipe all of that out, to go in the direction of being secular, where we focus on humanity, ourselves, as the ultimate of everything. Have you seen? Maybe you haven't. You'll have to look it up. This new project called The Giant uh, which is out there. Maybe you've seen this, maybe you haven't, but these these giants are 10-story tall structures that are actually a human being. Uh, it, it's And it moves. It, the arms move and the head moves back and forth <clears throat> and you can go into this cubicle, have your body scanned, and it, it will take all sides of your body, and then you can be betrayed, and some say it's up to 600 feet, this 600-foot image. Now, where do you get an image like that in Scripture? The book of Daniel, right? And that was King Nebuchadnezzar said, you're going to bow down and worship it. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with this, but they're going to set them up several places around the world. This is a project that's going on. Well, what if a world leader came up and he said, you know, I want my image on there. All of them at the same time. And do you know anything about putting up an image in the temple, something like that? And maybe this image is all around the world. And uh, the uh, false prophet, uh, you know, was given power to the image to speak. You know, if you see, you see stuff like that and you go, is that what it's talking about? I, I don't know if that's what it's talking about or not. But you see things like this on the horizon. Is, is that part of the under red clouds that are coming or does that have nothing to do with what lies ahead all these people that are coming across the border and the mayhem that will ensue if they get up here and they fold into society and there are problems that ensue crime is crime raising in america it's just jumping off the charts everywhere police they're being cut and so we know there's going to be terrible times in the future and so this is what we're looking forward to not only that but for us there are going to be uh, bad things that happen and if you look back at history like Macbeth or Shakespeare there's a phrase that they uh, employed that became very popular something wicked this way comes have you heard that phrase well something wicked is coming this way and then for disciples of Jesus, what will be the case for us? What, what are we going to be doing? Well, we'll be the standard bearers of moral truth, and we will be opposed. We are already opposed. I see article after article of people coming after Christians for whatever reason, just because they are believers, just because they hold to a particular moral worldview. Now, some Christians will be deceived. There are even churches that are embracing, I don't know if you've heard about this, Queer theory. Queer theory is the idea that studies why heterosexuality is the mainstream in our society. Why can't it be homosexuality 
that is the mainstream. And some churches are embracing this and saying, we need to look at queer theory, which is out there. Uh, One particular GOP um, person in politics was opposed because he decried this pedophilia movement as filth and he was attacked by the gay community for doing so. Uh, Then, I don't know if you've heard about this one, but for kids ages 7 to 12, you know what they're offering them now? Classes in pole dancing. Then there, this is... uh, also on the horizon, HRT, hormone replacement therapy for kids, given without the consent of the parents, that some other adults will be deciding if a child is to get the hormone replacement therapy or hormone, hormone, I'll get it, hormone blockers when they are still, they haven't reached puberty yet, which will sterilize them and these puberty blockers, they really affect the way the brain matures. And you're going to change a generation of kids and they don't even know what they're doing at that particular point. But that's what's on the horizon. Something wicked certainly this way comes. Well, what that's for the disciples of Jesus. We're holding the moral truth and we're saying, no, this is wrong. HRT for kids is wrong. Pole dancing for kids 7 to 12 is wrong. Uh, queer theory, it is wrong. We say this goes against scripture. We hold the moral authority because Jesus is God. God gave us the morality that is in scripture and we're supposed to follow that. What about the rest of the people? Well, not all people, but in large numbers, and I believe a majority will fall prey to just trust the government, what the government is doing. It is already the case. You know that there's the suppression of information which is out there and the proper information is going out in the form of propaganda. Remember, Paul said, terrible times in the last days. That's what this is leading to. Well, with that, do you really trust the government? Now, I am pro-government. I believe government is absolutely necessary. Scripture says in Romans chapter 13, we're to be submissive to that government. They hold the sword not in vain because those who are evil, who do wrong, they could be capitalized. They could be taken to the electric chair or gas chamber, that type of thing. That's what the government is there for, is to keep order. I am pro-government. But do you trust the government right now? And actually, better said, do you trust individuals in the government. I think that the law, the law for the most part is pretty good except for that which is coming lately, changing things. Well, let me give you two examples of why maybe you ought to be skeptical, health in a healthy way, skeptical with our government. Do you guys, uh, are you familiar with the Tuskegee experiment, what that was? From 1932 to 1972, there were 600 black men who were taken. 199, or excuse me, 201 did not have syphilis. The rest did. From 1932 to 1972. 1943 is when penicillin was invented. What they were doing is conducting experiment, experiment to see what the long-term effects of syphilis were on the human body. So they took these men, the 299, And they told them they would give them food, transportation, and burial expenses. And they wanted to study the effects of syphilis over their lifetime to see what happened. These black men. When penicillin was invented, they didn't give it to them on purpose. 
And this was the United States government that did this. And they decided to see how their lives would play out, experimenting on them like guinea pigs. That was the government who did this. This was done under the United States Public Health Service. You could might say that, well, CDC type thing is what was going on then. Or what about, um, you guys know who Gary Webb was? Gary Webb was a journalist and he got in touch with a government informant named Oscar Danilo Blandin. And he was covertly selling tons of cocaine for the CIA in South Central Los Angeles and in other parts of the country. And because of Gary's brilliant research, he brought to the forefront what was going on, and this led to the crack epidemic in the United States, what the CIA did. They did this to raise money for terrorists in Nicaragua to overthrow the Sandinista government. Guess what happened to Gary? They said he committed suicide. Guess how he committed suicide? Shot himself twice in the head. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think anybody's going to get a second shot off when it comes to suicide. Now, who did this? The CIA. So we had the public health. We had the CIA. Even back then, there were, and now I know it's not the organization itself. It's the people in the organization. When Paul tells Timothy about all these things to look for, He's talking about people. Let me read it to you again. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. So if we find people like that, people, in positions of authority in government, we are to have nothing to do with them. And yet it would seem that we keep asking them to serve. We vote them in, if in fact we are doing that. I don't know if we are or not. There's so much fraud they say that is out there, and I have no way to determine if that's the case or not. But we are, if nothing else, to verbally oppose people who would do this, who would stand up and say, this is the way the world's going. It's a humanistic society now. We're going away from God. We're going to stand up and say, no, that's not going to happen. So that's what is taking place as far as the people are concerned and the government that is going on. Well, what about the next thing I was going to talk about is the planet. What's going to go on with the planet? In terrible times, you know, things are going to happen with the people, but also terrible things are going to happen with the planet. Now, Daryl, did you get that picture that I sent? Okay, I want you to look at that picture. This was um, put up in the movie, The Coming Convergence. Ray Bentley and Jack Hibbs were in this. And there, you can go on the Internet and you can look at <clears throat> the USGS, United States Geological Survey, and you can see how many earthquakes have taken place. Even in real time, you can see where those are, and you can also look up the history of earthquakes. Well, they did some research, and if you look from left to right there, from 1920 to the year 2000, that is earthquake magnitude 6.3 and up, compiled from the USGS sensor data. And so they compiled this for the film. Now, I've heard both, that 
they're really not increasing in frequency and intensity. The USGS says that. And then they put together this data from the USGS, and it looks like, well, I think they are increasing. Now, Scripture tells us that in the end times, in the last days, there will be earthquakes in various places. There will be wars and rumors of wars. But if you look at this graph that is there, you can see that the earthquakes are increasing in intensity, if not in frequency. We know that they're getting worse. So this is another sign on the horizon. The clouds are getting red. The sun, so to speak, is coming up. There's going to be clarity of what's taking place. As believers, what are we doing? We're watching. We're standing in such a place where we can recognize, because Jesus wanted us to. He wanted us to be aware this is coming. He goes, watch. This is coming. And so it wouldn't take us unawares. So if the scripture says in Matthew 24, verse 7, there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, all these are the beginning of birth banks. So if we see the earthquakes increasing, it's the beginning. It's not the end. It's the beginning. Now, when have they significantly increased from 1980 to 2000 and beyond? I'd like to see what they are in the last 20 years, if they have increased even more. And I think that they will come along with the volcanoes, you know, like I, I did a search on volcanoes because volcanoes cause earthquakes and they're exploding all over the world. And at uh, this particular time, as of October 5th, there are 20 actively spewing volcanoes. There are 50 that are active without a, more than a three-month interval of erupting. So in three-month intervals, they erupt. And so there's a total of 50 uh, that are out there and all you have to do is look at the map and you go down into Mexico that's the first one that's down there you continue down to Guatemala there's like three in Guatemala you go down to Panama and down towards uh, Chile and Argentina and you can see that whole section just in our continents over here the Americas where there are all volcanoes and that doesn't count Indonesia and everywhere over on the ring of fire over there now are they increasing in intensity and frequency i don't know if they are but man it is ruining the climate isn't it each time one of those things belts out smoke and your little car is not going to do anything compared to one of these volcanoes but um, people think that the earth is going to be destroyed because of the climate no god tells us it's not going to be destroyed until second peter chapter 3 verses 9 through 11 that's when it's going to be destroyed so if you want to drive your gas guzzling car you feel free to do so you can't even compete with a volcano which is out there well what about wars and rumors of wars matthew chapter 24 verse Verses 4 through 8. There have always been wars. Wars have never ceased. I mean, in all of human history, they're going on. But it's never been at the point it is now. What do we have now? We have technology now that is just unbelievable. We have these uh, missiles that will go like 6,000 miles an hour. You can't shoot it down. I mean, it's going that fast, you can't shoot it down. And if somebody wanted to launch one of those, well, good luck trying to catch that. And have the Havana Syndrome, you guys heard about that? Remember, there were the diplomats in Havana, and they came with some medical issues. They're, they're ringing in the ears and the problem with their brains. And this has happened in a couple of places around the world where they're using this sound device somehow to affect 
the lives of people in the United States that are diplomats and they're running the lives. These, these types of technologies. Remember when the stealth bomber, we were told about the stealth bomber and stealth planes. They had that technology for 20 or 30 years before we ever found out about it. So what do they have now? It, it's unbelievable what they will probably have now. And, and who has these types of armaments? Well, there's three countries. There's Russia, China, and the U.S. Well, what if they decide to start using these things? Right now, is there a chance of war going on? Is there a chance of war with China? Have you been paying attention to what's going on in the South China Sea? I heard, now I've validated that there are at least two carrier groups in the South China Sea. I heard, and I haven't been able to validate it yet, I heard that there are actually four groups. If there are four groups of the United States carrier fleet in the South China Sea, how volatile is it? It's extremely volatile. What about Taiwan? Taiwan just said that they are not going to submit forcefully to China. We are in agreement with Taiwan. We have a treaty. If China attacks Taiwan, we go to war. Is China moving on Taiwan? It is. It's moving on Taiwan. How close are we? Next week? Next year? If you talk to or listen to Pentagon officials and analysts, they say, oh, yeah, it's just like at 1159. You know, it's right there. It's almost the 12 o'clock hour. It could happen. It may happen. It may not. You know, when Trump got elected, now, no matter what you think about him, Unemployment was the lowest in history, where blacks, whites, Hispanics, everybody, we were, at the first time in our history, energy independent. The economy was just booming. It was roaring. All of that was changed purposely. So we had a reprieve, so to speak. Things were going bad. Then all of a sudden, all these jobs came back, and it was good. All of that has been changed. We could get a reprieve on what's taking place now. But it's only going to be temporary because of what Scripture says. And if it's temporary, well, I'm going to enjoy the temporary time if it comes. If it doesn't come, okay, Lord told us that this was going to take place. Well, what about famines? We know that there will be famines, earthquakes, pestilence in various places. Here's an article that I got this morning. Globalists warned of a hunger pandemic ahead of us engineered famine and rest of the u.s food system now pushing us towards the brink of starvation now is that true is that not true if you look around the world there are places where people are starving you know i'm gonna talk next week about the commerce and all of that and how it's all backed up and how things are not getting to market to give you a little preview there's a product that i use uh, often it's called Roundup. I went in to buy some yesterday. They increased the price by 70% yesterday. And I go, I, I didn't buy it. I said, no, I can get it on the internet for 70%. I looked on the internet, can't get it in California. It's like, well, they're restricting stuff. Like, what's going on? A 70% increase. Has your gas increased over the last year? 
It's like a 100% increase in the gas. All these things are, the economy is just, whoa, it's just taking off as far as inflation and all of that. And I'll have more information next week about that. But terrible times are coming. And so are we watching like Jesus said? And by the way, when Jesus said watch, he goes, don't be alarmed. When he said there's going to be earthquakes and pestilence and wars, all of those things, he goes, but don't worry. Okay. I'm not going to worry. He told us these things are coming, so we don't need to lose it. And and so we see the easing into these last days. As I said before, I think it's relatively sudden, but it's not instant. So in the last 15 years, our world has changed dramatically. What do you think it's going to look like in the next 15 years? How bad will it be how bad will the morality get in our country how bad will the conflicts around the world become how bad will the earthquakes get you know if um, i was back in the 50s or 60s some people would say i'd be carrying a sandwich board on the front repent for the end is near you know where you're just at the end is coming well we know it's coming And we need to repent and follow Jesus Christ. The whole world needs to do that. But all I'm doing is informing you. And we're not to be frightened about what's going on. We're not to be taken aback. But the Lord says, just be watching because this is happening. And we know that those who are believers, before it gets to the day of the Lord, we're in the last days, but before it gets to the day of the Lord, we're going to be raptured. And so Christians will recognize events as being precursors of the tribulation and the Antichrist. So if you put all these things together, <clears throat> if you look at, well, let's see, you got this giant guy that they're constructing, which is going to be out there. You have the world governments. They're in agreement for a worldwide corporate tax. I don't know if you saw that. So if you have a corporation, they're going to want to tax your corporation for the world fund they want everybody to be registered with the vaccine system in the world information bank they want to take your bank and they want to follow all your finances in your bank they want to know how many deposits go in and how many deposits come out we have the wars escalating around the world how how close are we i think we're close I think we see the redness in the sky I, i think we see the light in the distance but these are the birth pangs now, my daughter just had a baby two months, or not, yeah, my daughter had a baby two months ago, and she was getting birth pangs, you know, where you go, and he, he, you guys remember Lamaze, Lamaze, where you, you went through the classes, and you he pant, and you kegel, and you whoo, and you got your focal point, and, and you effleurage, and you take the tennis ball, and you do all that, we went through the classes, obviously, and, and <clears throat> it, when it comes down to it, it doesn't work very well. Because if the woman doesn't have the painkiller, it's like all bets are off, you know. So <clears throat> unless she's highly disciplined and tolerant of pain. But anyhow, that's, that's where it is. This is where the he pants are starting. We are in the he pants, in labor pains. He, he, that's how they tell them. They say, get your focal point, And when you feel a contraction coming on, they would tell the woman... Do the he pant and he, 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 he. Well, I'm going to say he, he, he is coming. That's where it's coming down to. And we just need 
to be aware. Now, I finished with the, the people, how the people are going to change. I finished with how the planet is going to be changed. And by the way, each one of those you could spend weeks on. I'm not going to do that because Paul dedicates a sentence to it here. Terrible times will come in the last days. So how will people be affected? Touch on that. How will the planet be affected? I touched on that. How will production, commerce, and the economy be affected? I'll get to that next week. But for application for us, for the last days and the day of the Lord, we're in the last days. The day of the Lord is in front of us. God wants us to watch. God wants us to be warned. God wants us not to worry. The end is not yet. That's what he says in Matthew. The end is not yet. And what can we do in light of what is going on? Well, I'm going to give you six things in the next eight minutes here. First one is you need to pray. What do you pray for? Wisdom. Just the boatload of wisdom. And God promises to give it to us according to the book of James without finding fault. And then study. Be aware of what the scripture has to say about these things. Then third, fellowship. You know, I think that there's a lot of people forsaking fellowship. I just heard uh, yesterday a secretary who had been at a church for decades hasn't come back since COVID, doesn't want to come back since COVID. I don't know if she's fearing what's going on or what the deal is, but they're just not in fellowship probably because of fear. I don't know exactly, but that could be the answer. And so when it comes to the application here going on, we need to pray, study, fellowship. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. When we get together for fellowship, if you hear something, if you have an idea, if it's you're bouncing it off of scripture, what does scripture have to say about this particular issue? That's where the wisdom comes in. You're able to say, no, I don't think that that's how that applies. Or, yeah, I think that totally applies. And we can, through the fellowship of the saints, determine what truth is and what truth is not. We're also, I believe, to remain current. Jesus said to watch. Well, we're to watch what's going on in the world. In other words, follow trustworthy news sources. Now, if you don't know what those are yet, I could probably help you. Several people in here could probably help you get that. But you want trustworthy news sources. CNN is not one of them. Do not embellish. If you hear something that is coming across the wire, so to speak, and you think, this is it. The vaccine is the mark of the beast. No, it's not. It could be a precursor, but it's not the mark of the beast. To have the mark of the beast, you have to have the beast. He has to be here. So we don't want to embellish. We don't want to jump the gun. We don't want to go over the wall and take the beach, so to speak. We want to remain calm and even keeled. And then with all of this, we want to inform others. Why do we want to inform others? I'm going to repeat a couple of verses for you. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel and said he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hopes that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. 
That's the purpose of spreading the information, giving the information to others. One final thought. I find myself holding back on information with people who are not believers. Sometimes even people who are believers. Because the information that comes out to us, I'm going to give you an example, like the vaccine. I think there are many, many people who have not been affected by the vaccine, and I think that that is a good thing. Has it stopped them from getting COVID? Maybe in some cases. I just read an article in Massachusetts, 74% of the cases who contracted COVID, with four of them being hospitalized, were all fully vaccinated. It originally came out that when you got the vaccine, you would not get COVID. That was not true. We were lied to. When we were told that you would not suffer symptoms as severe if you got the vaccine, that has turned out not to be true. But if people get the vaccine, I'm sure, and I'm not a scientist, there may be a modicum of protection which is there. And I I can't dispute that. I'm not uh, in the place to do that. I'm not a scientist. I don't know. But also it is being suppressed that people who have natural immunity have a better protection against COVID than the people who have gotten vaccinated. And I feel myself pulling back like, well, I don't want to tell somebody that because they, they might be fearful. We're not to fear no matter what's going on. Whether we've gotten the vaccine or we haven't got the vaccine, it makes no difference. What we need to be focused on is following Christ getting the information, giving it to others, because this life is a wash. It's over. Now, if you talk to a young person, they'd say, but I want to get married first. I want to have kids first. And, and even my uh, kids, they've said, you know, do, do I want to have more kids because of what's coming in the future? And it is for times like this, adversities in which heroes are born. And so God has a different plan than all of us. And God loves all of us. And all these people who are coming across the border, every single criminal that's coming across the border, every single person who's seeking a better life, they all need the gospel. And that's what we have to focus on. We don't want to be political crusaders and not be a crusader, quote, unquote, for Christ. And I don't mean it in the bad sense. I mean it in the sense that we are sharing the gospel, showing the people the love of Jesus Christ because we know it's coming It is right here. Now, next 15 years, what's going to go on? Next two years, what's going to go on? We'll just have to wait and see. And we'll come back to this next week. Let's pray. Father, I would pray that you would give us wisdom beyond our years. That you would remove for us all fear. We have nothing to fear, even if there are people who mean us harm even if there are people who want to destroy what has been built up, we will trust in you as King David did, Lord. You are our deliverer. We will trust in you. We look to the mountains where our help comes from. You are the mountain. You are the rock. So, Father, we thank you for informing us, letting us know what is in the future. And, Father, if it is farther down the road, your return... Well, make us aware. We just want to be obedient to your will and to your instruction. In Jesus' name, amen.